Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you, to be able to celebrate what God is doing and how God is moving in and through us, the church. The truth is, we just got to celebrate Christmas and, and the excitement of all the parties and the excitement of everything that's going on uh, can be something that we can carry for a while. And my hope is that instead of just for a little while, things being better, brighter, and more like God wants, uh, we can lean into that and, and have it be all the while that we are alive, that we are around, that we can lean into this relationship with God, that we can live boldly for the King of kings who was born to us on Christmas Day, and that we can take seriously the call that God has placed on our lives so that we can be more like Jesus, and we can love people where they are, and we can make a difference in this world on behalf of Jesus Christ. If you're new here, I, I'm glad you're with us. Thank you so much for joining us, for being a part of what we are doing, whether you're in person or online. We're just excited that you are with us. And our hope is that you'll recognize in us a kindred spirit. We, we realize we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And we want to be more like him. And so we want to invite you on a journey with us so that we can grow together in relationship with one another, in relationship with God, and in ministry and mission to all the world, sharing Jesus' good news that God has come into the world and that God has made a way for us to be in relationship with him. Uh, this is why we've been talking this past few weeks about this idea of fear not. The angels appear to people, tell them the good news that God is doing, and the first thing the angels have to say is fear not because, hello, it's an angel showing up to people, and it's different and disconcerting. It's uncomfortable because it's different and people don't know how to respond. And so when we see the stories of the angels, it can be something that we can recognize in our own lives because when we hear the things that are going on uh, in the world around us, when we hear all of the things that are happening uh, on, on TV and in the news, it's, it can be one of those things that we can uh, have a little bit of anxiety, have a little bit of fear over what's happening in the world. It'd be great if we just knew what was going to happen each and every day, if we just had that gift of foresight where we understood what was going to happen in that day, how things were going to unfold, and, and all of the ways that, that we were going to interact with people so that maybe we could get it right. Um, when I was in the Navy, uh, I, I had the privilege, uh, I was told actually, uh, that I was going on a trip from uh, Norfolk, Virginia to Belgium. And we were going to be on a boat to do that. It's actually a ship. All of those Navy people out there that are like, oh no, it's a ship. Yes, I know it's a ship. Uh, but for our purposes, just uh, a, a vessel that ferries people and helicopters across the ocean so that we could take part in some war games in, with our allies at the time. Now, this is 1991, 92, uh, somewhere in there, and, and uh, there's not a lot of technology on the boats that's available for people. I mean, there were no uh, cell phones, no internet connections, none of that was going on, and, and so we had our entertainment came from a, a, a television that, we, that people had in different rooms uh, that broadcast whatever was being played by the, uh, by the ship. 
And what was interesting is, is they played that two times a day. Now, not everybody realized that. Most of the people like me, they came from a squadron, which means our group just attached to the ship for a little while, and then we, were, we wouldn't stay on the ship any longer. Uh, we went across, you know, our group didn't understand that, hey, they have two times that the shows come on. Well, we had a shop, and I was working eye-level intermediate maintenance uh, on electronics. I was doing electronics technician work uh, for helicopters at the time. Uh, And we had a shop and it was a pretty big shop. And inside the shop, we had our own TV, which was cool because at the end of our shift, we worked 12 on, 12 off. At the end of our shift, we would come and and watch the shows that were being broadcast on the the television in, in our shop. Uh, and uh, my habit was uh, after the day was done, I would go get dinner, then I would go shower and I would come back in comfortable clothes and, and watch whatever shows were going to be on there. And it was, you know, they had game shows and they had uh, sports, older sports shows like copies of, of NFL games and things like that. So you could watch games that were already there. But they also had things like uh, The Price is Right with Bob Barker and Jeopardy. What I started to notice is because I got up a little earlier than uh, the rest of the group that I was working with, I would get breakfast and then I would go into the shop and I would turn the TV on and whatever game show was playing, Price is Right or Jeopardy or, or whatever was playing, I was able to get the answers for, for the next showing. And so I started looking like a genius when, when uh, in the evening the same shows would be on and I knew the answers before the questions were being asked. Like I always knew Final Jeopardy. And it started to weird some of my uh, work, co-workers out. They were like, hey, what's going on? Uh, and I was like, hey, I'm just good at stuff. You know, I, I just figured it out. And so uh, we started to have a little bit of fun with this. They would, they would bet work that I would get it wrong. Like, uh, hey, we got to mop and clean the, the space today. Uh, if you get it right, you'll do my share of the mopping. And if I get it right, and, and if you get it wrong, uh, then I'll do your share of the mopping. And I was like, absolutely no problem because I knew the outcome. I wasn't afraid to gamble on it. I wasn't afraid to, to uh, wager on it. And quite frankly, it's embarrassing now because I didn't feel guilty about it either. I was taking advantage of people because I was watching the show before them and there was no, no possibility that I was going to get it wrong. And yet I, I, was, I was presenting it in a way that it was the first time I was watching it as well until one morning. One morning while I was watching uh, one of those game shows, uh, a buddy of mine walks into the shop. He came in earlier than he normally did, walks into the shop, looks at the TV, and then slowly turned and stared at me. And I knew at that point, just as he did, that my, my days of, of being the most intelligent person in the room when it came to the game shows was over uh, because he was like, you did this the whole time. Uh, so yes, I had pulled the wool over their eyes. But the thing that's interesting, the reason that I love this is because if we know the answer, if we know what's about to happen, we can have a pretty good sense of confidence. Uh, they're gone is the fear and anxiety because when we know the outcome, we can work through fear. 
When we know the outcome, we can work through fear. Nothing is going to hold us back because we already know how things are going to turn out. We know what's going to happen, and it gives us a sense of comfort when it unfolds exactly the way that we expect it to. Now, few things in life work out that way. And quite frankly, that's exactly what the trouble was at the time that Jesus was born. When Jesus was born, they had had, it had been about 700 years since the prophets had said, hey, God is going to do a new thing. He's going to send a Messiah, one who will sit on David's throne, one who will take over David's kingdom and rule forever on David's throne. It had been 700 years, and, and then 300 years after the prophets said that, and, and, and when we think about time, this is a long time. 300 years is a long time. Then there went in, they went into this time of 400 years of silence. God was silent in, in, in no more prophets, no more judges, no more voice from heaven. No one was hearing the word of God. The people were just trying to go through the motions for 400 years. So after 700 years from when the prophecy was made to when Jesus was born, I, I got to imagine some people were wondering if the outcome was ever going to happen. Is this real? Did God really say this? Was the prophet wrong when he said what he said? And, and the difficulty is that some of us can be sharing that same concern right now because it's been 2,000 years since Jesus was born and Jesus left us saying, I'll be back. And yet he hasn't come back yet. So did Jesus get it wrong? Is it just time that's continuing? What's happening. And so we can take heart from this story uh, of an angel appearing to a group of unwieldy shepherds uh, and sharing the greatest good news of all time. We're going to be looking again at the gospel of Luke, who did a, a deep dive, a, a deep search, uh, you know, verifying all of the evidence he could, talking to the people that knew firsthand what Jesus had been doing, uh, and, and so that he could present it to his buddy, most excellent, Theophilus. And so Luke tells us uh, the story, this, this narrative of what happens with the angels and the shepherds. And he says this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and laying in a manger. So again, we're, we're faced with this conversation of an angel showing up to random people, and, and, and the first words out of the angel's mouth is, fear not or do not be afraid, and that's because it's a weird situation. I mean, if we're totally honest, if we try to put ourselves in the, in the place of the shepherds, uh, I mean, these aren't the most learned scholars on the planet. 
As a matter of fact, shepherds now are not very cool. If you, if you look back in history, like when the Old Testament is going on, everyone was a shepherd because everyone had livestock. At this point in time, no, not everyone is a shepherd because uh, not everyone needs to raise sheep. There are cities and towns and, and the people there get their sheep from shepherds. They don't have to raise their own livestock. And so the the popularity of the shepherd has gone downhill. I mean, David, king of Israel, was a shepherd, but now shepherds are those smelly, gross people that live with their animals. When I lived in Hannibal, Missouri, there are pig farms all over Hannibal. And when you're driving through Hannibal, let's just say sometimes you have to turn the air conditioner on recirculate because you don't want the outside air getting in. And when you talk to a pig farmer, a pig farmer will say, hey, that's the smell of money. Uh, Pig poop is the smell of money. Uh, I'm sure that the shepherds had their own uh, aroma about them that smelled more like sheep than people. They smelled like the field and, and they weren't popular people. And this angel shows up to these outcasts from society. Actually, shepherds were so low on the totem pole that they're in the same rank and file group as dung sweepers and tax collectors. So shepherds are super low on the totem pole. And here's here's what happens. An angel of the Lord decides to announce the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of God himself, born in Bethlehem to set his people free and to sit on David's throne forever to a group of outcast shepherds. Fear not, he says to them. Fear not. I bring you good news, good tidings of great joy. This idea of Jesus being brought into the world was shared with a group of shepherds, a group of smelly guys that are out in the field watching their sheep by night. I I wonder at this. I, I think it announces the birth to the very people that Christ came to talk to, not not to the religious elite, not to the priests and kings, but instead to the people who felt like they were far from God, the people who needed God the most. And so this group of shepherds, a ragtag band of sheep herders are standing out there and an angel shows up to him and the angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings, great news uh, that, that that there is something new that is happening. A great joy has entered into the world. Uh, and then to put an exclamation on the fact that the, I'm, I'm, I'm positive that the shepherds were terrified, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Uh, here's the deal. Like in my head, I go, I go from, okay, it's a little strange that there is a Uh, a man here that wasn't here before, and obviously he's an angel. Maybe he's glowing. I don't know. It doesn't say he's got wings or anything, but there he is in the middle of the field at night, and he didn't walk up. He just appears. Uh, And then to make it more frightening, instead of calming everything down, the whole heavenly host joins in, and they, they... They share their happiness, their joy over what God is doing. 
And, and so there, there is frightening things going on, except, except for the hope that has to be being kindled in the shepherds. Again, it's been 700 years, but they know the scripture. They know that a Messiah is coming. And now they're hearing the angels, the heavenly host, proclaim that Messiah is here. And so when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds turned to one another and said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing which the Lord sent angels to share with us. Let's go to Bethlehem and check it out because something new is happening. Now, here's, here's the deal. Their interest, their concern, their, their fear has been overwhelmed by their faith because they know the stories, because they are Jewish they are people of the Jewish faith. They know the stories of their God, and they know the expectation. And now, in their presence, the angels have revealed it to be so. And so the, the, the shepherds turn to one another and say, hey, let's go check this out. This could be something brand new. Let's go be on the ground floor of some new thing that is going on in the world that God is doing. God is moving again. Let's go see what is going on. And here's what we see. Uh, we see, so they hurried uh, off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. They were telling everybody about the angels who showed up in the field and sharing what the angels had said. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And here's what happened. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Friends, they were told the outcome. The angel said, hey, you're going to go to Bethlehem and you're going to find a baby. And that baby is going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes or cloths in a manger. And, and that baby is the Messiah. Go and see that it isn't so. And, and so they knew the outcome and they got into Bethlehem. And sure enough, there they find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, just as the angel had told them their fear was overcome and overwhelmed by the faith that they now had because God had revealed something new to them. And the truth is, when we know the outcome, there is nothing to fear. When we know the outcome, nothing is something that's going to surprise us or, or cause us fear because we understand what's about to happen. The, the shepherds knew that they were going to find that baby in a manger. You don't encounter an angel and say, well, I wonder if he was telling the truth. Instead, they were confident in what they would find because of what they had heard from the angels. I mean, what's interesting to me is is God has given out the ultimate spoiler. 
Uh, a spoiler is a way to ruin the story before it happens. And the ultimate spoiler was given out by God because the prophets talked about Messiah coming, that, that, that all of the Old Testament pointed to Jesus coming into the world to return to, uh, to relationship, to restore the relationship between God and humanity, that this one group of people would then be a blessing to all of the world through Jesus Christ, that God was coming into the world himself and that he would sit on David's throne forever and, and, and make a way for humanity to be restored into relationship. And through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we have that story. You know the story. You have heard the story that God has come in the person Jesus, was crucified, dead, and buried, and on the third day raised to life and says, hey, I have been uh, resurrected. You have my redemption. You have my victory. And he shares his victory and life with those of us who say, yes, I want so much to have your help and your love in my life. And then he tells his disciples and he tells each of us, I'll be back. I've got to go to the Father, but I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And so the truth is we're not abandoned, but we are in the presence of the ever-present God, that God is still with us. That's the gift we received of Emmanuel on Christmas Eve. We talked about Emmanuel, God with us. The, the thing that overcomes most of our fears is the presence of God in our lives. And, and the truth is, when we take Jesus on as our Lord and Savior, he is still with us. And he shares with us the outcome that no matter what happens in this life, that he will come back for us, that he will come back for us and, and, and take us to be where he is. God laid out his plan. Christ lived out his part, and we have been loved into the plan through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. So we can have faith in a God who set up all of creation, who hung the stars in the sky and put the galaxies in motion, who created humanity and saw that it was good and then worked out a way when we turned away so that we could have a right relationship. And friends, God still knows the outcome. He knows that he will be victorious and we can have faith in his great victory as well. The end has been told to us. It's been spoiled, if you will. We know that Christ will come back. We know that Christ will take us to be with him. And we know that the new heaven and the new earth will come and we will be one with God and God will be our light and we will have no more darkness, no more pain, no more tears, no more brokenness, no more sadness. To some of us, that's the greatest good news is that we know that God is coming for us and that we have an opportunity now to live on behalf of Jesus Christ. This whole series has been about overcoming our fear of what's happening in the world around us, overcoming our fear of expectation, overcoming all of those things that can cause us anxiety and fear. But the truth is this, the one thing that can help us the most in overcoming our fears is faith in God. 
and allowing his presence, his Holy Spirit, his power and his might into our lives so that we can stand even in the darkness and say, our God is with us. We know the story. We know the way it ends. And we know the victory that Christ has already claimed and that Christ offers to each and every one of us. Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks for the gift you give us in Jesus, for the promise we have in your presence and for knowing the outcome, that we know we know that your love for us is so great that you offered to us your only son, that through his life, death, and resurrection, we can have new life in you. And that life is one that never ends, but is yours so that you will come and bring us to be together so that we can celebrate eternally the gift of Jesus Christ so that we can celebrate in the presence of God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit by the love and grace and the redemptive act of the Son, that we can have new life in you, and that in that life we can have boldness at the promise that we have received. We know the outcome. We know how things are going to go. So Father, help us to have faith in you, to be strong in your presence and to live boldly for your kingdom right here and right now, because we are victorious in Christ. We pray this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all of us agreed and said, amen.